0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to gather in a house that was put up specifically for praising you and worshiping you. God, we ask that uh, you would use this place, uh, that we could learn your word and apply it to our lives, Lord. We pray for those who do not know you in our community, and we pray that you would use us to reach out to them, uh, Lord, uh, we also ask that you would reach into our souls and to help us to correct what is, uh, what is Wrong inside of us, so God, we can be closer to you. Lord, we thank, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace that you freely give to us. We ask. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing I want to discuss today is our year's our plan. We, we have a, a, this year, I want to discuss uh, three principles that I gained from Scripture. Um, We're going to talk about trusting God, and specifically Cain and Abel today, but for this whole year, what I want us to focus on is planning, practicing, and operating together. So this is our strategy for uh, 2022, to plan, to practice, and to operate together. Um, We're going to plan to live by God's Word, we're going to practice so that when we are tested when we are attested, we know the truth, we know God's Word, and to operate together, we know that two are uh, better than one, and three are better than two. Three is actually perfect because our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, formed together to make one God, three persons, so we operate together. Now that's why uh, Sunday, next Sunday, the 23rd, we are going to have our planning party. Now, I apologize that uh, I, I've, I've been so focused on planning and practicing and operating together this morning that I haven't been able to do much of anything else. Uh, when, when this morning came up, my dad uh, was to go down and make coffee, and so I called him at 7 o'clock from the church, telling him, Hey, dad, I'll make coffee for you so you don't have to come early. And I completely forgot to make coffee. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. So when I remembered that Sunday school, I, I went out and walked out the back of was going to make coffee. And then Ethan comes in the door. He says, "He says, uh, hey, Pastor, where is the, uh, where, where's the uh, youth Sunday school class?" And I said, "Yeah, they're probably over there." And then I went down and checked the coffee. And I came back up and I sit and I watched his teacher, Miss Bev, and the other kids sitting right in front of me. And didn't think anything of it. I just sent Ethan across the street, and uh, his class was right there. And he comes back in and he looks at me, but. Oh, yeah, you're right here. And then uh, when we sung the first song today, I I remained standing when everybody else sat down. And Lexi's like, Dad, Dad. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll sit down. Um, And then the announcement of the 23rd, I I, I failed to forget. Any other announcements? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a little bit focused on what we're going to be talking about today. And I apologize for being uh, weird and maybe ignoring you if you tried to shake my hand this morning. I want us to plan to live by God's word and to practice so that when we are tested, we know the truth and remember to operate together. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he trusted in the word of his father to get him through that time. And it did, it worked. The first part of this year, we're going to do a series on trusting God, specifically trusting God. Uh, The scripture that Darren Uh, Mentioned in this communion meditation. You're going to hear it quite a bit. uh, This first part of this year. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Let's break that down in four main sections. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Don't depend on your own understanding, and seek Him. And then uh, the scripture says, He will show you which path to take, so we just follow God. Trust God, understand God, (laughs) seek Him, and follow Him. It's really quite simple to break down for us to do, to to see. Now, the actual uh, doing it and acting it out may not be so simple, We're going to discuss how to do this and help us to get better at doing these things. Let's look at some people in Scripture and look at how they measure up in these areas. As long as we're looking for people as examples of trust in Scripture, there's no better place to go to than Hebrews chapter 11. This chapter of Hebrews is often considered the um, hall of faith. Because it goes through uh, several guys or and the lady and several people that are, uh, are known for their faith. They've had faith in God and they've trusted in Him. So we get good examples. Faith is perhaps better understood as trust, okay? So, I want to this, when we're reading this scripture and when we're reading these other scriptures, let's know that uh, trust, trust, if we are to use that in place of faith, is is confidence and in assurance in something. Faith is sometimes hard to understand. What is faith? Uh, what is it to have faith in something? Well, the word, um, in the New Testament, the, the scripture uh, for faith is... Uh, Greek word is pistis and so we translate it as faith because that's a better word than the other one and it sounds better right and um, faith is is good and it works but uh, now in these uh, modern days um, we don't truly understand what faith is so trust is just as equally good of a translation as faith to that original word so we can use trust to understand what faith is. What are we to trust? And what did the people of old trust? So let's look. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. It says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we now see, or that we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. What are we to trust? And what did these people that we're about to to research trust? If we move down to verse six in this same chapter of Hebrews says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Pleasing God and believing that God exists and rewards those who seek him. So we are to trust. Just as the people that we're about to discuss, trust that God exists, that He is real, and that He was, and that He is now, and that He will be forever. God exists. And, number two, He rewards those who seek Him, who sincerely seek Him. Faith, trust. is believing what God says so much that you're willing to act on it, to live it out. Our case study uh, number one is Cain and Abel. Verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed His approval of these of His gifts. Although Abel is long dead, He still speaks to us by His example of faith. By faith, <coughs> trusting in God, Abel did. Abel did, and maybe, uh, maybe sometimes, you know. We have someone that we can use as a good example. And we don't get a lot of information on Abel here out of this verse. Out of the, the, the first uh, introduction to Abel in his life, which we'll go through in a minute. But we know that he trusted and he had faith in God. And this scripture says, do, uh, do like him, have faith like Abel did. But Cain is the other side here. Now sometimes... It may be more productive to study what not to do. Have that to go along with what we should do. So today, let's let's look at what we should not do and compare that. So I'm going to read the story of Cain and Abel. This story causes some people to question God. Question him. You know, why why did he reject Cain? in Cain's gift. He accepted Abel's, but he re- rejected Cain's. So the story is in Genesis chapter four. We see that uh, Eve, Adam and Eve, they, they gave birth to two sons. They gave birth to to Cain and and then to Abel. And uh, verse two, when they grew up Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected why why did God not accept Cain and his gift well we can come up with some ideas why God didn't accept Cain's gift folks have and you can read commentaries and and get some insight on why, why this may have happened let's look at a few some folks say some folks say that it was just by God's sovereign choice. We could say that uh, God just chose not to accept Cain's gift. You know like if you were to have a, a paper and you needed a, a word to use and you just took your pencil, closed your eyes and circled around and let it sit on something. That's the word I need, right? So maybe God just. Oh no, I will not accept Cain's gift, and I will hate him. But you know what? That would be arbitrary. Now, there, there, there's a word for you, youngins: uh, arbitrary. <laughs> I might not even be saying it right. Maybe that's why you're giggling at me. But this is a good, a good word for us to explain uh, this type of, of, of excuse why God didn't except Cain's gift. Now, arbitrary is determined by chance uh, by whim or impulse or uh, you know not by necessity or reason or principle. if you think about it and you know the scriptures God is not arbitrary. God does not make decisions based on chance or whim or impulse. No, he is very uh, necessary. Uh, He uses reason and principle. Our God is not like the made-up pagan gods that they play games with their followers or they have uh, bad days and get up on the wrong side of the bed. That's not my God. God's character is consistent (laughs) with communicating with his creation. Talks to his folks, he can and has the right to determine what is an acceptable gift. He can do that; He can decide whatever he wants. But he's not mean or cruel. Another way that, uh, another reason that folks say that sometimes, uh, th- this is why uh, God didn't accept Cain's gift is because it wasn't a blood sacrifice. It wasn't a blood sacrifice. Uh, Leviticus chapter seven, verse uh, chapter seventeen, verse eleven, and, and Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-two. You know, they, they talk about the necessity of a blood sacrifice, right? Uh, and this is this is something that's very scriptural. We know that Jesus' sacrifice was a blood sacrifice, and all the sacrifices before then that were helped to atone, were used to atone for sins, were blood sacrifices. Absolutely. But in this situation, um, this that Cain and Abel were bringing, the scripture says, was an offering, a gift to the Lord, not not a sacrifice for sin. Um, Well, the law hadn't been given yet. On the other hand, uh, Leviticus chapter uh, 2 tells us about how grain offerings... Um, were to be given as an offering. It would appear that there isn't anything wrong with grain offerings during harvest time. Um, So that would be normal later on, just as sacrifices were normal later on. When Cain and Abel were providing this offering, we don't have the law of blood sacrifices. So I don't know that we can say that uh, God didn't accept Cain's gift because it was not a blood sacrifice. Uh third, third reason that maybe uh, folks think that God didn't accept Cain's gift was because it was the quality, the quality of the gift. And, and this one makes a little bit more sense to me. You know, the scripture says Cain brought some grain, some grain to offer to the Lord. Um, Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says, As you harvest your crops, bring the very best and the first of the harvest to the house of the Lord your God, bring the very best. And uh, you know Abel brought the the uh, finest and of, of the first born of his lambs, the very best. And Cain just brought some. The scripture says. So this makes a little bit more sense. But I think the real reason that we should focus on here that God didn't uh, didn't accept. Cain's offering was that Cain had a bad attitude. He had a bad attitude. Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse, verse 1 through 3 tells us about our attitude. It says, When you enter the land your Lord God has given you as a special possession and you have conquered it and settled there, put some of the first produce from each crop you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship. The place your Lord, the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, With this gift I acknowledge to the Lord your God that I have entered the land. He swore to our ancestors that he would give us. Bringing a gift to the Lord is an act of worship. The purpose is to honor the Lord, to acknowledge Him. We, people, have been created to worship. Now whether Cain and Abel brought uh, the Lord a gift because of intuition or because of their parents uh, taught them to, we don't know, the, the matter still boils down to the heart part of giving that Abel had and that Cain had. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Perhaps Cain was irritated about having to give up some of his hard-earned crop, Cain, would have had to sweat to produce that crop. Would have had to toil and work hard at the ground because of the decisions that his parents made. He had to work at that hard-earned crops. And he had to bring some to the Lord. Perhaps he was a little bit angry about that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says that uh, by faith... Trusting in God, Abel brought more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of this gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by this example of faith. By trusting in God, Abel's offering was acceptable, which gives us evidence of. Abel's righteousness. Now, what is righteousness in the eyes of God? Romans chapter 4, verse 3, where the scriptures say Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Because he had faith because he trusted. First John chapter 3, verse 12. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. The New Testament author's they wrote about Cain, there's this idea that Cain had a bad attitude. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 27 says, The sacrifice of an evil person is detestable, especially when it is offered with the wrong motives. What's the application from all this? We must check our hearts and our motives and offer pure worship to God. Whether that's singing or, or giving or praying. These are three of the ways that, that Scripture tells us that we, can, that we can praise God and worship God. Check your hearts and your motives. Do you sing to God in church uh, just because you like the sound of your voice? Probably not a very good motive there. Why do you do you not sing in church because you're nervous that others around you will hear you sing? Maybe you should be singing and not paying attention to what the others around you are thinking after all the worship goes to God, not to the person beside you. It's true with giving. If you're giving an offering with the motives of behind your heart that want to praise and worship God he will accept your gift gladly but if your motives are giving for praise or glory from other people then you need to check yourself we can get so tied up in thinking about uh, what, the, what others are going to think of what we do As a matter of fact, in this here scripture, we can get so tied up in trying to understand this part about uh, the unaccepted offering that Cain gave that we miss the rest of the story. It's probably the part that is most important for us. The rest of the story about Cain and Abel? Cain got angry. He became angry. Genesis chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? (coughs) You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it And be its master. How do you take rebuke? Cain was rebuked right here. How do you take it? Are are you slow to anger? Like the scripture tells us to be? God's word also says, Don't sin in your anger. Cain misses the mark with his offering. He missed the mark. But God does not strike him dead. God doesn't just be done with Cain right there. He rebuked Cain and gave him an opportunity to make it right. A second chance. And praise God that he gives us second chances. He gives Cain a warning. He says, watch out. Watch out. Sin." will come sneaking up. You must subdue it and be its master. You know, God is long-suffering and willing that we repent. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, God is patient for your sake. Patient. Proverbs tells us some things that we need to remember about about rebuke chapter 15 in verse 5 this is only a fool despises a parent's discipline whoever learns from correction is wise then same chapter verse 12 says mockers hate to be corrected so they stay away from the wise in verse 32 if you reject discipline you only harm yourself but if you listen to correction you grow in understanding. These verses tell us to heed the correction to not despise discipline. Cain's reaction it helps us see his heart and his attitude. Trust, understand, seek and follow. Cain did not. He did not trust God He did not understand God. He did not seek God and he did not follow God. He didn't trust God's word and he reacts based on his own understanding and he didn't seek God's way of repentance. He follows the path of his own sinful nature. John, in in his book, uh, chapter 10, verse 10, says that Cain is of the evil one because he was jealous and hated his brother Abel to death. Cain's path equals death. God's path equals life. So what's our application here? Don't let anger control you. James chapter 4 verse 7. This is my favorite verse for today. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist him. We need need God's discipline and warnings. We need to accept his invitation to repent. Cain didn't. He got angry instead. And he sinned in his anger. He killed his brother, Abel. God comes to him and asks, Where is your brother? You know, God knows where. Abel is God knows it just like God knows uh, that Adam and Eve ate the fruit when he come to Adam and Eve. Uh, did you eat the fruit from that tree? God knows. This is one more chance. Cain did not confess. He says, I don't know. am I my brother's keeper? Naughty reply. God pronounces judgment right after that. He pronounces judgment. Cain is is uh, is he ready to plead for mercy? No. You no, know Adam and Eve, they have been banished from the garden. And, but, but because they didn't uh, they didn't respond the same way Cain did when God called them out, they owned up to it. Yeah, God, that was us. And they tried to blame each other, right? Mm-hmm. But at least they accepted it. At least they talked about it. They didn't say, no. Oh. And so, because of that, Adam and Eve, they were banished from the garden, but not God's presence. You know, he, he clothed them. He made them clothes. and uh, He helped them to have, uh, have children and continue to speak with Adam and Eve and he continues to speak with us, but Cain. Cain did not take well to the correction. He didn't repent, he sinned, and because he wouldn't turn from his ways, God banished him. Don't ignore God's offer to confess. And to repent but trust in him like Cain we will face a final day of judgment second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 I read a little bit of it earlier God is being patient for your sake he does not want anyone to be destroyed but he wants everyone to repent but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in the fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve, deserve judgment. God spoke to Cain. He asked about his brother. He said that Abel's blood was crying out to him. Meaning, this death demanded Demanded vengeance. For us. It's Jesus' blood that will speak at the judgment. As Hebrews 12 12.24 12, tells us. If we have trusted in him. His blood speaks forgiveness for us. But everyone who has rejected Christ. And not put their trust in him. They will be condemned. Now God. He put a mark on Cain. When he banished Cain from his presence, Cain was like, oh, don't do this, God. People are going to kill me. Everyone will kill me. God says, no. no. I put a mark on you. Nobody will touch you. This mark was a warning to everyone else that they were not to harm Cain because vengeance is the Lord's. Not people's. He was being punished, Cain was, by God and no one else was to intervene or to take matters into their own hand. Cain's punishment was a bad deal. Oh, it was bad. Why didn't God just strike him dead? There's something worse than death and that is living completely apart from God people often overlook the fact that though God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, they now live in a world that was cursed and fallen instead of the perfect environment which He intended for them. But God's presence was still with them. He helped them, helped them be clothed, and uh, continued to communicate with them. He even communicated with their children, with us, He didn't leave mankind out to dry with no hope. Uh, David. David, the mighty king, the warrior in the Psalms, chapter 139, said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Folks, even in this world where we see evil, and we see hate and crime and wickedness, God is still present. But on this final day of judgment, on the final day, final day there will only be two outcomes. E- eternity in perfection with God, or eternity banished from His presence completely and forever. That is hell. People think that things are bad now. Can you imagine how it will be when none of the goodness of God is present? That's worse than death. And that goes on forever and ever. But for those who have trusted in God's word by staking our eternal life on the fact that His promise is true, well, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We receive a different mark than Cain. We are identified as sealed for salvation. Cain's mark protected him against the retaliation from other people. Our mark protects us on the day of judgment against God's wrath. We're lying back to what God told Cain. He said, Watch out. Watch out. Sin lurks near. It will counts on you. I think of, of three different stages that we may be in in our lives or you may see other people. The first one, we all have our simple nature and we can't completely get rid of it. We're always going to be human while we're here on this earth. So we have the simple nature to deal with. And some people, some people that they get along with their Simple nature. It's almost like they're friends. They're friends. They do things together, but don't get mixed up. Uh, evil and the devil can never be a friend because he wants nothing but bad for you. But in this in this first stage, your simple nature and you you go places together. You don't even oppose it. Uh, you discuss things and and you happily go and sin, and go and put yourself in bad situations. And then there's the other stage where uh, you're uh, better. You know, you have your simple nature, and it's still with you, right? You can't get rid of it. So it's like it's chained to you, chained to your simple nature. But you, you don't go places together. Sometimes you drag it, drag it with you. It doesn't get its way, your sinful nature. And sometimes it drags you to places that you don't want to be and decisions you don't want to make, and and you make decisions based on your sinful nature because it's dragging you, but it's kind of a a battle. Then there's the other stage where you, as God says to uh, Cain, he says to watch out, you are watching out, And to subdue that sinful nature, you're trusting in God's word. And you're resisting the devil and fleeing from him. And you're subduing that sinful nature inside of you so that that sinful nature is small and mostly powerless. You still have it and you carry it with you because it's changed to you. But it's not controlling you. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. So it is controlled by you. Because you keep it there. And this is where I want us all to be here on this earth. Because you know, Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Part of the kingdom of God we get to experience here. Let me tell you what the kingdom of God is that Jesus is talking about. It's here at the cross. And our Savior, because of what he did on the cross, and what he did by being released from the cross, death couldn't hold is that that relationship between you and your sinful nature can be completely severed. Our God, his son, is a chain breaker. And that chain that holds you to your sinful nature can be completely broken. We get to experience that a little bit on this world still here, we can't get rid of that, that sinful nature but oh someday when this judgment comes our mark the mark of Jesus' blood gives us the chance to get rid of that sin, sinful nature we can't take it with us into heaven God will not accept it into heaven so it has to be taken to hell Jesus died on the cross so that it could go there and it wouldn't drag us by that chain down there. Our mark, Jesus' blood, and we have the Holy Spirit to represent that in our lives. Abel, he trusted God in his word. And he gave an offering with a cheerful heart, and it was accepted by God. Do you trust in God? Do you trust that when God says that you can have freedom from your sin because of what Jesus did? I pray you do because your reward is perfect and it is in heaven for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful that you've given us these examples in in Scripture and we're so grateful that on the other side of the, of the good stories we read in, in the Old Testament, we read about the stories of mercy and grace that Jesus came to offer us. God, we praise you for the work that you're doing in our lives right now. Lord, though we struggle with our sinful nature, you are there to take it from us, God. When we give it to you, Lord, forgive us of our sins and help us to continue to Draw closer to